I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast brought to you by Site Visibility. I'm your host, Scott Colnut, and with me today is Marcos Alvarez-Martin, our Senior SEO Analyst at Site Visibility, and Dave Lockie, Chief Marketing Officer at Angry Creative. And we're going to be discussing SEO best practice for WooCommerce websites. Marcos will be familiar to the long-term listeners. He's been on the podcast several times, I think only a month or so. Marcos and I published a podcast together about Core Web Vitals, but welcome to the podcast again, Marcos. Thank you. And as you know, I I always love to be here with you. (laughs) Always. The feeling's mutual. And uh, Dave Lockie, you you have been on the podcast before, but under the pragmatic banner, and now you're under the angry creative banner as chief marketing officer. So I thought it would be good to familiarize ourselves with what you're doing and what angry creative are all about. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for having me back. Always nice to hang out with fellow Brightonians, even if uh, we have to do it via uh, via the web, as uh, everyone else does. So um, Pragmatic sold to Angry Creative uh, about a year ago, in fact, pretty much exactly a year ago. And Angry Creative are a, a specialist WooCommerce agency. So where Pragmatic was very focused on WordPress, but we were kind of quite broad within that. Uh, Angry Creative uh, have been specialized on the WooCommerce part of the WordPress ecosystem for the last few years. And as lockdown developed into sort of more than a a one-month thing, we pretty much realized that e-commerce was going to be the place to be for the next, well, like definitely for the sort of duration of the pandemic. And so it just made a lot of sense to go and join those experts over there. That's a great starting point because... Over the last year on the podcast, I've probably had a few discussions about the growth of Shopify, particularly over the last, the growth of Shopify over the last five years, maybe over the last decade or so. And whenever WooCommerce comes up in discussion, it's almost always in comparison for me against Shopify, which one is best for certain interests and why. So I don't really know too much about the growth of WooCommerce and where it's at in its life cycle. So could you maybe just start there? Why should listeners be considering WooCommerce as their e-commerce solution in 2021? Sure. Quick question back to you. Which which do you think has got the largest number of stores running and by what sort of multiple? I'd guess WooCommerce has the most stores, 
but I, I wouldn't know by how much. Yeah, that's what I would say too. Yeah, it's, so it's pretty. It's pretty big. It's like um, an order of magnitude more stores mm. running WooCommerce. Um, so getting on for about ten x. Uh, wow. I think Shopify is now like the second biggest CMS in the world, uh, if I remember. But WordPress is just like vastly larger, and the number of sites within that that running WooCommerce is enough to to put it pretty far ahead. So. You guys work in the industry, so I'm glad you got the answer right. But uh, it surprises a lot of people because Shopify have smashed it, right? They're mm. doing a really good job uh, with the product, with the marketing. It's really good kit. In fact, when my wife wanted a store to sell her jewelry uh, outside of Etsy, I put it on Shopify, partly because I didn't want to play um First, first line support for everything, and also uh, to get a bit of product knowledge. I thought it would all be sort of very straightforward, plug and play, uh, just get going, um, sort of idiot-proof stuff. And actually, I was pretty surprised at how not true that proved to be mm. over time. Um, I know I'm sort of very familiar with WordPress and WooCommerce, uh, and I'm sure if I was as familiar with Shopify as as I am there, I wouldn't have had that experience. But it was still pretty eye-opening to see where the sort of gaps and holes are in that sort of Shopify experience. So going back to the question about why listeners should consider WooCommerce, so you've talked about the breadth of websites that are available or using WooCommerce. So does that mean, I guess as I think about that, I think that it's reliable because it's been around a long time. You've got lots of support material, lots of plugins, lots of services aligned with WooCommerce. But is there any other reason to choose WooCommerce is it, for example, easier in your experience? And I know that's a little bit biased because you've got that WordPress experience, but is it easy to set up for people that aren't technically savvy? I think the sort of quantity has its own quality argument is a good one. Mm. You know, the fact that there are so many stores running, it means there there is a massive ecosystem of service providers, plugins, hosting, uh, integrations, all of that stuff uh, you get for free as, for being part of that big community. I think ease of use, probably Shopify is, if you've used a WordPress site before, which a lot of people have, then you're going to get to know WooCommerce really quickly. Uh, There are some sort of specific settings around it, but nothing that is beyond the the means of most WordPress users to figure out. And I think that's why we've seen sort of such a, a large adoption is because it is just easy, just works, and it follows the sort of standard WordPress ways of doing things. I think if you're a brand new user going into both systems, you're going to find onboarding with uh, with Shopify easier. That's, I think that's always the way when you have a SaaS based product because you can just control the variables so so much more. You know, with WooCommerce, you can host anywhere. You could be using any theme. You could be installing it on a brand new site or as part of, you know, adding it onto a massive existing site. So there are just that many more variables that make make WooCommerce a little more self-starty. I think there are two key reasons that I'd always put in front of clients as to why to at least consider WooCommerce. The first is marketing. So WooCommerce is an ecosystem within WordPress. WordPress is like by far and away the winner in terms of uh, content marketing websites, so CMS websites. And you get to leverage all that power still with WooCommerce. And I think as we see 
brands become publishers, publishers become brands, brands having e-commerce, D2C. You know, it's a massive mix of different strategies with innovators taking the best from all of the different channels and all the different plays that are out there to construct their own experience. And I think you can do that much more freely and coherently with WordPress than you can with Shopify. So you can sell physical goods and products and services. You can sell digital subscriptions. You can do content marketing. You can do members, members only marketing. And you can do that as a, as a very kind of coherent blend within one system. Um, and so you can really create these very sort of unique, uh, and tailored experiences for, you know, for your community or for your customers. And that is where WordPress still, I think, can just uh, flat out beat Shopify. Shopify's got like some decent blog stuff, but it's nowhere near as powerful as what you can do with with uh, WordPress and WooCommerce when they're put together well. Uh, and then the last reason I, I think is more of a sort of strategic reason, which is that with WordPress and WooCommerce, it's all open source software. So you can own your own stack. You know, you can run it on your own servers you can have your own domain name uh, and there's really no terms of service that would stop you then going in and doing what you want you know with Shopify you're only ever a um, breach of terms of use away from getting kicked off the platform and that is like a single point of failure risk for for a business so I think that's always an important consideration uh, when you're looking at how important is this, you know, is this e-commerce asset to the business? Is it everything? Is it an unimportant experiment? You know, I certainly wouldn't want to uh, have everything at stake, having seen how platforms like Etsy have changed the terms of service to make it sort of ever less profitable for their creators and ever more profitable for them and ever, ever kind of easier for the, for the, for the end user. It, you can get yourself into a situation where you're sort of at their mercy. And I think that can be a pretty uncomfortable position to be in. So as you become more successful with your store, those sort of considerations become more important and also kind of harder harder to get out, right? If you start baking everything into that Shopify ecosystem, then uh, it becomes harder and harder to extract yourself. So you provided a lot of uh, valuable arguments there about why WooCommerce is useful and it's a good fit for a lot of scenarios. But are there any instances that come up regularly for you for specific types of companies, individuals or industries where WooCommerce generally isn't a good fit? I think if you are wanting to do everything yourself and you're not technical, then Shopify can be a really good option. Uh, You don't need to high developers, uh, everything's sort of within that ward garden and you've you know you've got the Shopify support team there, you know, along with that sort of more constrained list of problems and how to fix them that you get with that sort of SaaS experience. So I think it's good for those types of organization or if you just need to get something up like super quickly, you don't want to have to talk to your IT department about where you're going to host this thing. You know, it's just one uh, set of terms and conditions or license agreement, you pay with your credit card and you can be up and running. Um, I think if you are doing something sort of quite straightforward, you know, selling t-shirts or caps, uh, those kinds of 
very straightforward stores where you're not planning to leverage the power of WordPress content marketing and you know you're not doing anything that's likely to be in breach of uh, Shopify's terms. I mean, there, there are definitely kind of situations where I recommend people go with Shopify rather than WooCommerce, but they tend to be for those sorts of reasons rather than it being like a particular industry that's that's bad or not. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of the other way around. You know, there are some things that you can't do on Shopify due to T's and C's. You're free to do whatever you want with WooCommerce. Anecdotally, you were talking about setting up your wife's Shopify site. Was there anything in that onboarding process that you really enjoyed as part of Shopify onboarding that you think WooCommerce can learn from and adapt their platform to encompass? That's a good question. Um not really, no, if I'm honest. Like it was it was pretty easy to get going. But I know the WooCommerce team have done a in like an increasingly good job at onboarding over the last sort of few releases of WooCommerce as well. So I think they're, they're at reasonable parity. Hmm. And you were touching on pricing just a moment ago, and I appreciate that the cost of setting up a WooCommerce site can vary probably dramatically based on the features and functionality that you need or require and the number of products maybe that you have. But maybe could you help me understand and our listeners understand what drives up the price of a monthly subscription to WooCommerce? Is it just the size of the inventory? What else can impact pricing? Okay, so I think I'll answer that, but I'm also going to zoom out on the commercials a little bit as well. So that's another really good factor to consider. So if you want like a, a low financial barrier to entry and a pretty predictable monthly spend, Shopify can be a really good option there as well. Mm-hmm. If you can take on WooCommerce yourself, then you can do it just as cheaply, if if not more cheaply, because uh, it tends to be free add-ons where you have to buy them through Shopify. Right. Um, but as soon as you've got to get like an agency or, or freelancers involved, then you are looking at a bigger upfront cost. So for example, with Angry Creative, we've got a very productized offering around WooCommerce. In fact, it's our, it's really a kind of like a young product. So there are professional services that are wrapped around it, but you're getting a bunch of pre-tested, pre-configured uh, WooCommerce ecosystem plugins, plus our own helper stuff that sort of uh, fixes specific challenges, especially around like internationalization, uh, which is uh, indicative of a certain sort of size and maturity of store. Mm-hmm. So just to give you an idea, like to get up and running with Angry Creative, you're looking at 15 or 20 grand just to get like a solid foundation going forwards. Obviously, with Shopify, you get like a first month free. And so there is a pretty big price delta straight off. In terms of ongoing costs, with Shopify, you tend to end up with not only the sort of base fee, but also the add-ons uh, and integrations that you need to run to do whatever you need to do. And those can add up pretty quickly depending on what you're doing. With WooCommerce, you tend to have a lower overhead in terms of those, although there are still some premium things that you'll probably want like a 50, 100, 200 buck a year license for. Uh, the bigger cost for WooCommerce is going to be around uh, hosting and particularly around like maintenance and support. So the busier your store is, and the worse engineered it is, the higher your hosting costs will be. But really, the bigger cost is around maintenance and support. So maintenance is making sure that you run updates. So just like your 
your Mac or your iPhone, you have updates that get released to add features and fix things. When you use WordPress and WooCommerce, it's your responsibility as an end user to make sure those updates happen. And it's really important that they do. Again, if you can do that all yourself, it's like, you know, five or 10 minutes of work most months. If you can't do it and something goes wrong, then that can be like a, a reasonable size cost that you weren't expecting. And last sort of shill for Angry Creative here is that we have a, a warranted maintenance service that looks at that problem and says, we'll charge you a flat monthly fee of a number of hours, but that's all you'll ever pay for maintenance, even if something goes like totally, totally wrong, totally destroys something we'll go and fix it however long it takes. So we're just trying to take that sort of uncertainty and unexpected cost away from our clients and then support. So if you're working with an agency, you know, you're going to be paying 50, 100, maybe even 150 quid an hour for support. And that gets pretty expensive pretty quickly. I think that bit's pretty comparable to Shopify though. If you want a good Shopify agency, you're going to be uh, running at the same sort of levels there. That's interesting. As I'm thinking it through, I'm thinking that, there must be a lot of people out there that build their initial stores on Shopify, maybe experience a bit of growth and then re- and maybe outgrow Shopify and look to something uh, like WooCommerce. Do you get many of those scenarios? Yes, although we tend to get more where somebody has started out down a WooCommerce route and got as far as either their own abilities or their agencies abilities can take them um so it tends to be more about that sort of takeover fix and then uh iterate going forwards we do definitely get rebuilds not not least from um shopify also from places like wix or squarespace or some of the little kind of website builders that you get free with pretty much every domain these days so that migration is definitely an important part of our work so I feel like we've covered there some good foundation foundations about why you should maybe choose WooCommerce, some comparisons versus Shopify, and also some of the prices and the scalability of the platform as well. That's been really helpful to understand. The big question now, and just transitioning over to Marcos a little bit, is the SEO friendliness part of the platform. So a lot of these questions I'll pose to you, Marcos, but Dave, feel free to chip in if you have responses that even match that of what Marcos is saying, or maybe um, you know counteract Marcos's point. So starting off with the big question, is out-of-the-box WooCommerce SEO friendly, Marcos? Okay, so with, uh, with WooCommerce, the, the thing is, uh, and what I think that from an SEO perspective uh, makes it better than Shopify is the flexibility that it allows where, because when you start creating your shop, you will have a lot of different themes to choose from and all of those plugins. Because out of the box, WooCommerce, it's not, it doesn't come optimized for SEO. So you will need all of those plugins and you will need to choose the right theme for your shop to make it completely SEO friendly. And there are a lot of great SEO plugins out there. Yoast, obviously, is the most famous one, but there's also all-in-one SEO. There are plugins that are specific to improve page speed and core web vitals, um, minifying JavaScript files and CSS files. Uh, When you consider all of those things, then WooCommerce becomes uh, the most SEO-friendly e-commerce tool. But out of the box, no, and that's t- ties in with what Dave was saying before. Mm. 
that you will need to do some work on the on your website on your WooCommerce website before it, it starts to, to to get running. And if you don't have those technical skills, if you don't know WordPress, um, you don't have any previous experience managing uh, WordPress websites, it might be a bit difficult to get it there from an SEO perspective. While Shopify, it's easier to manage because it's already there. But the, the problem with Shopify is that then you are you are restricted to what Shopify offers. I have a list of SEO issues that Shopify has. So every time that we have a new client that comes with a with a Shopify website, I have my list and I can, and say, okay, let's go. Duplicate correction pages, pagination, uh, and all of those issues that I already know that are always there because you use the same core platform, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so on that SEO point, so I'm hearing from you there that out of the box WooCommerce is not necessarily optimized, but you have the ability to optimize it. However, you and Dave have both said that people eventually reach their limits. That's the point here, is that from an SEO professional standpoint, there is plenty of flexibility that enables you to optimize WooCommerce. But if you're just a uh, someone building their own store, or maybe you've got a small team, you're perhaps going to bring on board an agency or a consultant to help you with that more advanced level work. So my question back to you both, is where do you find that people most typically hit their limits? What are the features or functionality of WooCommerce where people often struggle and that's where they need to bring in an agency? Um, so I totally agree with everything Michael said. I think it's worth noting that both WooCommerce, WordPress and um, Shopify are designed to be kind of extended with optional modules i mean you can just use them raw like just wordpress and just woocommerce and just shopify but you know you still need to choose a a theme you are going to get a lot more out of either platform if you're using a bunch of free or or premium add-ons and i think that's just a it's just like a product design choice right so shopify because it's just an e-commerce platform i say just in in a non-disparaging way because it's a focused product they know that they can bake their own SEO into that kind of core experience. Whereas with WordPress, because it's pretty likely that you'll also be uh, using WordPress, you'll also be using other features and, and functionality as well. And in fact, just like the core design, product design philosophy of, of WordPress is just to do the content management stuff really, really well and to build this like very successful ecosystem of, of plugins around them. So, I don't think it's sort of an accident that WooCommerce doesn't come with SEO stuff baked in. It's more just a reflection of sort of what the what the platform is and does and how people use it. Um, where we find that customers reach their limit and reach out are either around internationalization. So we've you know we've got a a store, but we're having to re- restrict to selling to UK people because there's all this like all these problems exporting to the EU and, you know, it needs this sort of functionality and uh, compliance built in, or we want to spin up like a French speaking store or whatever it is, but like some degree of internationalization needs to happen. Uh, That comes within like a whole healthy raft of other requirements and considerations. And there are some really good ways of doing that with WooCommerce and some absolutely awful ways of doing it as well. 
we see a lot of the awful ways. Uh, and fortunately, it's usually pretty straightforward to get them back to re-architect it. Um, the other point is where you get to sort of a non-trivial integration. So like a trivial integration would be like add Google Analytics or something like that, mm-hmm. add a MailChimp sign-up form. Non-trivial integrations are things like PIMs or ERPs or CRMs or marketing automation. So when you get into a point where your your comprehension and your use and your requirements for your e-commerce store go beyond what is sort of general marketing use into a more sort of specialist area where you probably need to lean on skills which you wouldn't typically have in-house unless you're sort of uh, very, very focused on e-commerce. You've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, and that that's also true for, for SEO. Uh, internationalization is uh, a key point as well for clients to contact us. Um, but also when maybe they have already their shop and they have installed Yoast and they start optimizing titles and creating content and then they see that the the results are not coming in. They see that the organic traffic is not increasing, that they are not getting revenue from organic and they need to invest more in paid media or PPC to get that traffic coming. And in, in that point is when they realize that they haven't considered SEO from the beginning. And you know, Scott, that I'm a great advocate for considering SEO whenever you make any business decision regarding branding and obviously choosing your, your, the platform where your shop is going to be. And that's the point where they start considering, okay, maybe we need to bring uh, an SEO specialist in or a specialized SEO agency to help us with this because they haven't considered SEO when choosing their platform. And so, Marcos, just going back to that technical SEO point and maybe talking and expanding on some of the the other technical SEO considerations for WooCommerce, what else do we need to make sure that we get right? So let's say, for example, someone's just um, at the beginning of their journey, they're just launching their WooCommerce site, as you've just said there, and they have the opportunity to consider SEO from the beginning. Where do they start? Well, most people will uh, want to put the, the products in the shop as soon as possible. Uh, but first, they need to do some planning to make sure that they have the right structure in place, consider what categories are they're going to use, consider what's going to be the, the user journey through those categories, mm-hmm. which are going to be the main source of traffic to the website, to then reach the, the product pages um, to make them convert. So they're going to need to consider uh, what's going to be the structure of the menu, the the breadcrumbs that they're going to to use. And then once they have the basics, they, they also need to consider uh, the new core vitals. And I'm talking from an SEO point of view, obviously. Yep. Uh, so page speed, usability, all of those things, and schema markup as well to make sure that uh, Google recognizes those product pages and can show in, in results pages the price of the products, the images of the products, make sure those images are optimized as well, uh, and those technical SEO elements that you need to nail. Excellent. So I'm actually going to continue that conversation and start to break down, imagining a scenario. This could be for newly launched WooCommerce sites or people that are about to consider launching their WooCommerce site and breaking it down into the non-negotiable plugins, services, the foundations to ensure WooCommerce success. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the advanced or enhanced features and functionality that you can use within WooCommerce, whether that's through third-party plugins or services 
And so just starting that journey, Dave, maybe back to you. For anyone that's just going on that journey, maybe they've just installed WooCommerce for the first time. What are some of the non-negotiable plugins that everyone should really have just to ensure peace of mind and that WooCommerce runs smoothly and is operational from the get-go? Thanks. Yeah, I guess the most important thing from my perspective would would actually be to start with the theme first rather than the plugin. So the theme, in theory, just controls the look and feel of the site, but all of the front-end website that gets served to a user is at least modulated by that theme. So, yes, it's important that it's engaging uh, and it is going to match your brand's look and feel and it's got, like, whizzy effects. But before you even buy a theme or choose a theme, go to the theme demo, run that demo through uh, Google Web Vitals, you know, go to PageSpeed Insights or use Google Lighthouse in your browser and just see how it performs. You know, if the theme demo is not going to hit like great numbers, then forget about ever making your own website hit great numbers. So that foundation of a theme which can score like, you know, upper 90s desktop, uh, upper 80s mobile gives you a really good foundation. You know, from there, your job is not to ruin it. Um, but it it's basically a do-over if you... Uh, end up with a having cho- chosen a theme that, that is going to score badly. So that's probably the number one most uh, important thing to, to think about. The second one is the page building experience that you're going to go for. So back in the day, it used to be either you go with like default WordPress, which was that sort of weird, clunky classic editor, which is now called so you could make things bold and italic. You didn't have to use actual HTML. But it was also pretty unpredictable how that would then sort of translate to the front end. Now, the default WordPress editor, and in fact, I think for the last five years, the default WordPress editor is Gutenberg, which is this sort of block-based editor. It's far more like a sort of medium content creation experience. So it looks at web page content as different atomic parts. So you might have a paragraph, you might have a a bulleted list, a numbered list, an image, a video, a carousel, a how-to, an FAQ. All those things are blocks, uh, and it's just a much better editing experience in every way from the the old WordPress one. However, there are also a bunch of third-party page builders out there, and some of them are very well used and come with their own sort of ecosystem uh, around it. So you can look at Elementor or Divi, uh, some of them are very tied into themes because the theme kind of controls how things look and feel. But it's the page builder which gives you the CMS ability to, you know, drop a slider in. You know, if that theme doesn't have the, you know, the JavaScript, the CSS to make a slider work, then it's not going to work. So those two things need to be sort of considered hand in hand. Now, when it comes to a page builder decision, I would definitely recommend that people go with Gutenberg, which is the default WordPress block editor. Uh, You can choose to extend that with like a third-party block library. So it'll do things like adding, I don't know, more sophisticated column controls or, you know, pre-canned blocks for testimonials or any any one of a number of sort of different um, UI components that you might want on your website. It used to be difficult to justify that because... 
the other page builders were just so far advanced of the old WordPress editor. Now, like some of the most painful things that I see when people have got websites, uh, like WordPress sites, WooCommerce or not, is that they've used one of these third-party builders uh, and they've invested a lot, often technically, but often just in terms of creating lots of content that leverage that page building experience. And they've decided it's just really not for them. You know, it's become unfit for purpose, definitely in comparison to Gutenberg. And so the migration job then, it can be really tough because you've got all this sort of very intricately uh, constructed content that you can't just sort of click a button and import. So making sure that page builder and theme combination is going to give you the UI elements you want. It's going to support the front end experience that you want. And it's going to hit those sort of core technical numbers is where I'd start from there. Yeah, I mean, Yoast SEO, probably um, a Kismet or an anti-spam plugin. Depending on where you're hosting, you may want to put some security additions in there. I mean, I'd always recommend uh, hosting WordPress generally, but definitely WooCommerce or anything that's sort of capturing user data on a specialist service where you're going to have that security baked in at the platform level. Uh, you probably want a contact form engine, Gravity Forms, Ninja Forms, something like that, really good. And then when you're getting to things like uh, WooCommerce, there's a whole bunch of really good helper plugins. So like being able to add swatches or variations and just extend WooCommerce in the way that you want. But after that, you, you kind of come away from generic stuff that you'd want with every WooCommerce store and go more down that specific UX route. And, and Marcos is totally right. I mean, you have to understand the job that the site's going to play, right? Your experience with the customer will always be wider than just the website and your individual strategy for how you get people to the website and convert them and, and retain them is going to be very specific to your business model and your niche. Oh, there is one other one that I would always recommend, Google Tag Manager, oh, yeah. right? So a really common mistake that people make is to like copy and paste tracking codes into their website header or footer, just use GTM and then you can add all the tags that you want. You can configure them and you'll avoid all of that developer expense and you'll be able to have much better control over how, how your website analytics and sort of tags are managed. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Just, uh, just one thing. Uh, when you start adding plugins to the website, that could impact, obviously, the, the page speed on the site. So I will also recommend a plugin that helps you minifying the files that you have on the website. I know that there are a lot of different plugins that deal with page speed. Don't be Rocket or Smash or things like that. And I don't know, uh, Dave, do you recommend any page speed related plugin? Yes, but again, it depends on the other decisions that you're making. So if you go with a specialist hosting provider, something like WP Engine, WordPress.com, VIP, our own uh, managed hosting at Angry Creative, you're going to get a bunch of stuff that's going to be built in at the infrastructure level. Uh, So that could be multi-level caching, could be CDN integration. Uh, And depending on how sophisticated that is, it can obviate a lot of the need for plugin-based solutions. So, for example, you can, like Angry Solution has uh, Cloudflare workers that uh, process all the images, so you don't have to worry about uploading, like, big or uncompressed or incorrectly sized images because we offload all that stuff to Cloudflare, which is a, a really neat way of doing it. However, if you aren't doing that, then definitely things like Smush, uh, WP Smush or Smush It, uh, really good for optimizing images, and there's a a free version of that, which does a really good job. Uh, some of the caching plugins, like I think WP Rocket is probably a very good one to go for if you're sort of not super technical. Uh, and whether you're getting it through a platform or just building your own stack, you've got to be looking at Cloudflare to upload uh, some of the CDN, some security, and you know maybe leverage those workers because they're, they're very, very powerful. Yeah, and absolutely much better than having a plugin is <laughs> planning your website uh, with page speed in mind and performance in mind. Uh, make sure that you're optimizing the images before uploading it and, and all of that. Uh, because then you don't have to worry about installing a plugin that will help you with speed because the, the site is already optimized and built uh, to run as fast as possible. Yeah, clear message that I got from Dave talking there is test the theme. Test the theme ahead of installing it and before you start configuring it and see how it performs before you go live. Just a couple of questions that have come to mind as you both were talking. On that last point about testing your theme, Dave, any particular, I guess you would call them theme directories or theme design websites or template libraries that stand out to you as particularly useful where you just know the themes are top quality and all of this kind of stuff we're talking about is built in from the off no and i'd say if you're gonna like if you're gonna invest in expertise then uh this is a good one to do i I haven't found like a single theme shop who always provide great results and have you know every reasonable choice you could want out there uh there are sort of there are probably three themes that I recommend, and they're written by totally different people, uh, totally different businesses. Uh, It really does come down to either research and experimentation or expertise. I mean, you can 
just go to Google and type, you know, fastest WordPress theme 2021. There's like usually 50 pages of Google results uh, from all the kind of blog factories out there. So you can just draw those and uh, see which ones get repeat mentions and go and test them out yourself. Um, but yeah, like if you, if you've got a couple hundred quid and you know a good freelancer, uh, often they can save you, you know, or a good agency, they can save you hours of research uh, and, and de-risk things by helping you just make those foundational decisions earlier on. Um, and it's definitely worth getting like a, f- a few different opinions so that you, at least you've, you feel like you understand the factors that people are making using to make those decisions and that you feel comfortable with the decisions uh, against those factors because ultimately making the right or wrong choice could be the difference between business success and failure. I know that sounds dramatic, but you you know, when you're a young business, cash is tight, that the money really matters. It's the most important thing that you can do is to make sure that you've got a solid foundation you know you don't hit the end of year one and get faced with a you know a rebuild and that you can't afford uh because of tech debt decisions that, that were made that you didn't buy into so you do have to take a bit of responsibility there and leaning on people who have done this hundreds of times is, is definitely better than hoping that you're going to get it right uh first time around and uh, one final question on the i guess more the early stage woocommerce and just uh, getting up and running is payment integrations. I realize we hadn't discussed that. And I don't know what the default payment options are when you're installing WooCommerce for the first time these days. So yeah, maybe Dave, two questions here. What are the default payment options within WooCommerce and how easy or difficult is it to install new payment solutions with WooCommerce? Just one part of thought, if I yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, can indulge myself on, on the sort of theme and testing stuff. So it's not just a question of testing at the start and then assuming everything's going to be right, like bake it into your process. You know, whenever you make a change, uh, like a code change, like you install a plugin um, or you've created a new product listing, take five minutes, run Google PageSpeed on it and just make sure that you're not worsening things. Like there are plugins, there's a well-known internationalization plugin, for example, that will absolutely crucify your site. So if, if you start with a really good foundation, just by adding one plugin, you can kill yourself later on. And if you then invest a whole bunch of time and energy on top, uh, you can get yourself into a pickle. And whether you're doing it yourself or you're running it through an agency, just make sure that you've got that um, systematic, continuous testing against whatever the standards are that you want to reach. It's much easier to maintain a high quality and a high standard than it is to imagine it's all going to get fixed at the end by either you or, or somebody else. So uh, on to payment stuff. So uh, WooCommerce supports like a few different payment options out of the box. Uh, there are the sort of traditional bank transfer or check ones. They've also got their own WooCommerce payments gateway. So, you know, WooCommerce.com, the company, does offer a payment service now, which is obviously sort of pre-integrated and comes with WooCommerce-specific benefits. Uh, the ones that we see typically a client wanting to get installed is going to be PayPal for the kind of universality of it. Uh, Stripe um, is one that we often recommend. Molly, who've just closed a big round, 
is another excellent choice. And then there are some, because a lot of our, our clients are sort of Nordics, there are a lot of, um, you know, Klarna's and, you know, NetEasy and Billmate, a lot of uh, region-specific payment integrations as well. We've even done a couple of crypto payment integrations as well. So you can really integrate anything into, you know, into that sort of bottom of the funnel. That's brilliant. And actually that transitions nicely onto how I wanted to close out this podcast, which is on the, we're verging into the more advanced areas of WooCommerce and what you can configure here. So um, yeah, Dave, from your experience and what you're seeing out in the wild, do you just want to, thinking of how to optimize or how to create the optimal WooCommerce site, uh, you touched there on payment solutions. I actually want to go back to a question about that in a moment. Actually, let's start there because I've heard about Molly's come up in conversations with me on this podcast before, but I don't know too much about it. So is there any benefit to using Molly and integrating that as a payment solution over the others that you mentioned? Is there anything that stands out? Like all the different payment providers, you know, Stripe, Agen, Airwallex, Molly, they all offer a very, like these days, it's a far more comprehensive service than just payments. And the choice really comes down to like, you know, are you going to use Forex or like how do you manage your treasury across different uh, currencies, etc. Um, Things like Algen will integrate other payment gateways beneath them. So you can configure PayPal and credit card payments within Algen and then Algen offers offers value on top of that. So uh, I don't know specifically um, without having like like a, you know, a hard requirement to go out and get back to you about. That's fine. But more, more generally speaking then about the other things that you're seeing in WooCommerce, the more advanced, uh, whether it's plugins, services, uh, what's exciting you at the moment that you're seeing? So I've just I've just been writing a talk for um, Brighton SEO. Nice. Uh, which is, you know, a, a mutual friend uh, about using AI to enhance WordPress. And I did that typical thing, you know, you get to two weeks before the talk is due and, and hating your talk. So I, I started again, and it was a totally eat-your-own-dog-food deal. So I wanted to see how far I could get writing a talk using AI that either, you know, was directly integrated into WordPress or was sort of, uh, you know, very easy to use with it. And I actually got to the point where we had a not only like a, a pretty well-written blog post uh, with images that had had their alt text and captions auto-suggested by, by AI, yeah. but we'd also managed to generate a like a video that was like a summary of the blog post with a nice voiceover, nice transitions, perfect for social media. Uh, and, and the video cost $3. It was like an AI service that reads the blog post, extracts the images, extracts the text. You go through, spend five minutes like trimming it up so that it makes sense, swap a few images out press generate and it generates like a, a totally acceptable high-res video and i think that that idea of ai coming in augmenting the store managers and the editors within wordpress and woocommerce is going to become uh, really 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 interesting so you can imagine you've put a bunch of time and effort into creating a nice product page you've got the images you've got the description you've got the key features you've got the prices maybe you've got some product reviews on there a service like this can then have a look at that page and create a product video for you straight away, which gives you a totally different content distribution channel, right? You can put it on YouTube, you can put it on um, socials, and and you can feature it on your website as well. So 
that stuff I just think is like super cool. Uh, that's really interesting. I want to break some of that down quickly. So on this podcast before, we've discussed a little bit about emerging AI solutions in the areas of SEO, content marketing. Uh, we've discussed products like Write Sonic and CopySmith and other solutions like that that I think use uh, GPT-3, I think it is, that that enable you to it's like the next stage of copywriting or automated or AI driven copywriting. So I guess what you're talking about there is some, something that uses that technology, but that behind the scenes integrates with WordPress to automate suggestions for, well, as you've just said, it can create videos, but it can also start to automate or semi automate copy or titles or descriptions in context of SEO. So you're starting to see that. Uh, and you've used that yeah and there's just a very broad range of these services so there's one called uh clark.io which is like a personalization engine that integrates very well with wordpress with commerce and will do things like uh suggesting um like it's got a much smarter search it will suggest related products upsells everything else as well as um doing a bunch of that kind of marketing automation segmentation work uh so it allows you to target people based on their past orders their heuristics on site etc some of the tools that i use were based on gpt3 which is definitely super cool i don't know if, if you've seen any of the um examples where people have actually created like website layouts or even totally functional react apps just by describing what they want it you know to look yeah. like or to do gpt3 uh this kind of open ai project um can go out and do that you know it, there's a guy that creates like a, a functioning to-do app uh in react just by describing what he wants and so i think i think a lot of what this stuff speaks to is a change in the way that people use developers so go back five years uh you might have been paying a developer to create a particular template or do some styling i think as we see no code experiences platform experiences and improvements within the wordpress editing experience come in that drops some of that stuff away so gutenberg means you can create these rich layouts that previously would have had to have been templated as some of these other services become like um, plug and play integration so for example the automatic alt text plugin just connects off to microsoft's uh, computer vision cognitive service and just manages the api connection for you so Again, that's not like it's a very plug and play situation. I think what we're going to see is this sort of moving up of the value chain of developers to focus on um, like more value add stuff than just routine. We need the template, that kind of stuff, which was bread and butter for a lot of agencies five years ago. You know, there there were lots of pressures on agencies now to uh, to move out of that commoditization uh, and into sort of more holistic consultative um difficult things to do and some of those tools and services that you were just talking about there do you think that for i I appreciate this is difficult but the average wordpress user is the technology at a state where it's easy and intuitive to start using or do you think there's a little bit of a learning curve to ensure that you're using ai in the right way in conjunction with wordpress yeah, so this is this is the thing, right? Like, are we programming the computers, or are they programming us? Right? It's the sort of late night, um, <laughs> late night question of uh, du jour. But um, 
these are very powerful tools. Uh, a lot of them are simply, you know, install plugin, activate it, and it does some stuff. Mm. But understanding what stuff it's doing and why still takes um, a bit of investment of, of time. You can, there are some way you can get like much more down to the weeds and you can get them to do like really amazing things, but it takes a lot more sophistication from the average WordPress user. I think there's, the answer is there's something for everyone, right? If you just want to save a bit of time, ensure that you're hitting accessibility and SEO best practice, you can invest 10 minutes uh, installing, configuring a plugin, signing up to a free Microsoft Azure account, and it's going to save you like hours over the monthly, presuming that you're adding like quite a lot of content or managing quite a lot of products, it's just going to help be like a little co-pilot, adding those alt texts and making sure that you're not forgetting you know, easy stuff. Then if you are like a super busy newsroom or you are a higher throughput store and some of the automations that AI tools can offer are just going to add a lot of value or save a lot of time, then you have to move up that you know, you have to move up that, that value chain yourself. You know, you have to become a more capable user because you've you become more like um like an orchestra conductor, right? Mm. You have to organize your human team, you have to organize your AI and you have to get them working together to output whatever it is that you're you're doing. And and I think that's gonna be like an increasingly valuable role for whatever word we use for webmasters now. You know, people that are kind of managing websites is figuring out what we need people to do and what we're better off getting uh, AI to do. Well, that's funny because that was my last question in closing for you is you just mentioned webmasters there, but I'm also thinking that it's a fundamental change and it's something that you must be experiencing or at least thinking about at Angry Creative because the type of support that you offer your clients seems like it might change over time. And I'm not saying that WordPress development is necessarily going to get easier, but you mentioned just briefly as you were talking the whole no-code movement and the fact that people can speak certain features or functionality into existence, or at least that's the future. But it doesn't mean that they're uh, the general WordPress user or average WordPress user is technically savvy to use AI to its full potential. So that's really where the agency might step in to suggest how to use AI to enhance or create the optimal WooCommerce experience. So is it fair to say that you're predicting or thinking that the agency role might change over time quite dramatically as well? I think agencies always have to be innovating and, and that speed of the the rate of pace of change is also accelerating for agencies as well for lots of reasons. I mean, at Angry Creative, we're, as I say, productizing WooCommerce. Mm. And I think that's, it becomes kind of necessary to have a degree of productization if you're going to be able to keep moving up the value chain otherwise you keep having to go back to basics you know write the theme choose the plugins you know once you've done that 50 times you should know what's a good foundational theme what are the good foundational plugins and by baking that in you bake it into your processes of business the qa and it frees people's time up to spend on working with clients, you know, customer success or product innovation to fit a gap that we're seeing these three clients have got. So a good example of that is the EU VAT changes for iOS on the 1st of July, so changing the VAT threshold. There was no 
feature built into WooCommerce to say if somebody is their basket is over a particular value, you've got this option to uh, get them to pay you VAT or they can pay VAT at the point of import. Mm -hmm. So the productization we've done allowed us to build that plugin and now we can deploy it for our clients. Uh, and that I think is, it's been a smart move by the Angry Creative team to, to focus on that niche and to make sure that we can freely move up the value chain uh, with our clients. Excellent. And I lied, I have one more question. I appreciate we're coming towards the end here now. This is a question for both of you, but particularly for you, Dave, I imagine you've seen some. Um, any best-in-class WooCommerce website examples that you just think speak to the kind of topics that we've discussed today so that have the really good foundations in place, but perhaps also adhere to SEO best practice, are really well-executed when it comes to user experience, and maybe even verging on some of these advanced features as well? I was going to say that I usually get the the awful websites that we need to fix. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, I, I tried to think. I cannot think of any that includes all of the the integrations that Dave was mentioning. So I don't know if he has something in mind. There's a really nice one that uh, Angry have built. A very cool Swedish business called Strandberg Guitars. They make like these headless guitars. Uh, really unique. Very beautiful site. Runs on Carla, which is our productized WooCommerce, internationalized. And for me, that's like that, that's a site that I know that we're all really proud of at Angry. I was thinking about that one because I remember seeing it on the Angry Creative website and I was looking at it and I thought that the website looked really, really good, but I didn't know if it was <laughs> optimized correctly. So I'm glad to hear that you think it's also uh, well optimized. I, I didn't get a chance to run a lighthouse on it, so please don't mark my homework there. But I know <laughs> that's um, like what what I would say is it's been, it's delivered a lot of value for the client and ultimately that's what it comes down to. So um yeah, uh, comments, please, around uh, how its SEO can be improved. But um, nevertheless, it's done a fine job. Wonderful. Yeah, and if it needs to be improved, send it my way. <laughs> We're doing business on the podcast. Amazing. Um, so, uh, you know, listeners, where to find Marcus and I? We're at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can also email Marcos or I, it's marcos.martin at sitevisibility.com or scott.colnut at sitevisibility.com. Marcos, uh, what social platforms are you on? Uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, in Twitter, I'm Mark with a K, Okami with two O's, I think. You, you, you put it on the website. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put it in the show notes. You'll be yeah, able to find it. If, if not, search for uh, Marcos Albert Martin at Serviceability and you will find me. And same question to you, Dave. Where can people find out more about you, Angry Creative, and um, maybe what else can people expect from your talk and when's that Brighton SEO talk going to be? So you can find me at Divvy, D-I-V-Y, D-O-V-Y on most socials. AngryCreative.com is the website there. And yes, please do get your ticket for Brighton SEO and come along and listen to talk. I'm not going to give you any more spoilers because I've already uh, <laughs> done a few here. Uh, I think it's pretty cool talk. Wonderful. Brilliant. Thanks so much for your time today. This has been the Internet Marketing Podcast. Take care.